All right. Um, so theme, music, theme, music, something about themes. Don't you think we'll have theme music here? We're definitely going to have theme music. Okay. Welcome to Love Mainland. And this is the first episode. Welcome. Shall I um shall I make a shall I make a say a thing about what we're gonna do? Yeah. So we've been trying how long we've been trying we've been trying at least three months to come up with a mm. podcast format that would work for us to pay homage to our favourite television show, Love Island, because it's enjoyable and it captivates us for some pathological reason. Mm. And we couldn't work out what the patholog like what what was the thing underneath the pathology? What was it that like hooked us in in this like shitty way mm. other than just supposedly sexy people behaving like idiots. Mm. If, if there is anything else at all going on. You think that's probably enough? <laughs> <laughs> I could be. We Let's start from the premise that there's a bit more to it than yeah, that. Yeah. And then w- we were thinking, let's do a disquisition on love. That's like, okay, Love Island. It's not really love. It's just bullshit and like um, product placement and, um, and fake boobs and boys on roids. Uh, and then that's like that's like the small brain take. Mm. Then the galaxy brain take is, oh, it's actually is, it actually is a representation of love mm. because we propose that love is something more than this. But in fact, love is merely just this really thinly mm. applied system of representations and like certain, certain symbols. Yeah. And exactly, mm. and identifications and roids and <laughs> fake titties. <laughs> and then the thing that like clinched it was when Karen Flack killed herself. Caroline Flack. Yeah, the host of UK Love Island for like six seasons. So yeah, UK Love Island was not what got us hooked together. No, we were watching Australian mm. Love Island. And then we tried to watch season something or other, like a very late se- I don't know what we're up to now, but like it's like season eight, winter Love Island. Yeah. The whole thing is proliferated. And we tried to watch it and it was incredibly boring and the people were not hot. Mm-hmm. Very unsexy people. Yeah. And th- but anyway The show seemed to have jumped the shark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They've really they've choked on their own cock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um you said why don't we make it about the people who've committed suicide after being on Love Island, seeing as Caroline Flack had and Caroline killed Flack herself. She was, was the hostess. number three. She was the third, yeah. Mm. And 
That blew my mind when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the key. Yeah. Because that like connects the whole thing, the pathology of Love Island and the sexiness and... The like, patholo- pathology of society that Love Island reflects, our own pathology that our interest in it reflects. Yeah, and not to sound like David Walsh or, you know, but just the just the corny centrality of sex and death to the things that interest us. When we're talking about the prevalent discourse, the prevalent culture, the prevalent economic imperatives, all of that is represented in Love Island. Mm-hmm. Well, these are all people who are like the most roided, mm-hmm. have the fakest tits, mm-hmm. have um, like spent the most on cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mo- most desperation for fame and recognition. Exactly. Are the most gay yet most invested in like hyper-masculine drag wearing. Yes. All that sort of stuff. So it's like a great um, distilled and Mm. virulent culture Mm. of like of the culture virus. Mm. And and it's so perfect because the culture's – well, society's response to it is sort of ambivalent and confused. People – like yeah. Often the number one thing that people say when they're a fan is like, I don't know why it's so <laughs> conflicted. Why do I like this? Mm. Is it is it that I like it because it's camp? Yeah. Or is it that I like it because deep down I really just am attracted to these people. I wish I was one of these people. Mm. Nearly brainless with a beautiful body. Mm. Um, or mean, are, they, are they representations of what we hate and want to remove from ourselves and therefore mock on the screen? Oh, I like that. Like it's a leper colony. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the island is a leper colony. We keep totally. them apart from ourselves. It is. It is a little leper colony to, of like to view of the most narcissistic part of ourselves. Yeah. Imagine you could just take all your narcissism and put it on an island. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Partly, at least. But that, yeah. And I mean, so that, like, it's that complex enough that it can be all of these state. things. Yeah. Is interesting to us because we feel it as well. I mean, that this question of why, why are you interested? Do you want to tell tell the listeners what it is that we do when we're not watching Love Island, Sam? Oh, okay. Well, I'm a psychiatrist with a psychoanalytic orientation, mm. particularly Lacanian psychoanalysis. Mm. But um, I guess that we can talk about that as we go along. Mm. And what do you do? I'm a psychologist also with an interest in psychoanalysis. Mm-hmm. I would say that maybe I... <sighs> practice with a psychoanalytic take on things yeah so you have that that tendency as well Mm. (laughs) that symptom (laughs) (laughs) oh and and we should say that look another important element to psychoanalysis and 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 what we find important is that it's it's embedded in a body of theory Mm -hmm. that takes very early life as formative, mm-hmm. developmental theory is important mm-hmm. and th- these are sort of the products that exist and float about in the unconscious that find manifestations in our lives. So you're saying we're going to be thinking about these people from like a developmental, theorizing as if yeah. they, they grew up in a certain way and that's why they ended up on the yeah. line. Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, and, and whilst we won't have any concrete sort of facts, I suppose. We won't have a perfect developmental history like the ones we would take of our patients or at least try to. Mm. Um, We are looking, I suppose, like, you know, we'll be looking, identifying, theorising on defence mechanisms and and the like that come about 
because of these early experiences mm. that yeah. won't be um, within the sort of awareness of the subject. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, we're going to be, it's going to be completely speculative, mm-hmm. but we're going to sort of just take... Which it always st- is. Sure. Yeah, that's right. It's always speculative. Mm. You put it to the patient and then mm. they decide what, one way or the other. And even for them in that decision, they're speculating. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but we're going to be, we're going to be really indulging in some like heavy speculation mm-hmm. because really the information we have is so little, but we've got enough to like have fun with it Yeah, and to indulge in trying to work out why people are on Love Island mm. and then like, and why yes. they do what they do. Yes. And then ultimately, why did these three people kill themselves? Yes. Um, so I think we're speculating on a number of things. We're speculating on, on the motivations of the contestants mm. entering into the show. Mm-hmm. We're speculating on, on the causes or <clears throat> I'm not sure how we would put it. Causation is a tricky topic that we'll get into, but what has maybe led to these three suicides ultimately. Mm-hmm. Also speculating on what it is that so many people are drawn to in the show and ourselves included. Yeah. And and why they did, why they done it? Why they did done that? <laughs> why did they kill themselves? <laughs> Which is not an answerable question for anybody, no, even if we had no. like a um, bulky case file of yep. lots of free association for somebody. Yeah, but um, ultimately, but there's some no, but, but there's some something's fucked. There's something. Yeah, there's something stinky in paradise fucked island. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucked island. You reckon? I mean, it's it's not bad. But I don't necessarily think the island is what's fucked. I, I, I think that when we make a claim about the fuckness mm. of the island, what we're really making a claim about is something much bigger. Sure, but I don't think we should... I also... I, I agree with you, and I'm not trying to problematize what you just said, but the figure of the island is also important. Mm. I mean, mm. they persist with calling it Love Island mm. even in that later season we watched. <laughs> yes. The season eight where it's in Cape Town. Yes. Yeah, not an island. still on the continent of very Africa. Very much on the continent <laughs> of Africa. But I guess in as much as you're establishing a leper colony mm. with, like, in, inside of Western Imperium, mm. then, mm-hmm. then Africa, the whole continent of Africa satisfies as an island. True. <laughs> because it's, all you need to do is segregate them True. from other people. The but, continent of other, but definitely the islandness of the place mm. in which this whole thing unfolds mm. is important. Mm. It would be more upsetting or less upsetting, do you think, if it, if it was called Main <laughs> Love Mainland? <laughs> I mean, is that the name of our podcast? <laughs> Love Mainland. Fuck yes, that is. Welcome to Love Mainland. <laughs> All right, yeah, that works. Yeah, that really does. Thanks so much for coming to our TED Talk. We've, <laughs> we've reached um, agreement. <laughs> mm. My computer died, so I'm going to have to be... Okay, um, well, I've got the notes that we've kept. We, where we're up to right guide now... guide us through. Yeah, we've, we've had a look, a bit of a cursory look into all these people who killed themselves. Let's name them again. So, the first one who killed herself was... Who done did it. Who done it. Was Sophie Graden or Sophie Graydon? I, I'm going to go with Graydon. Should I just go with Graden just so that we're covering the bases? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Will you remember which one of us is supposed to say with the 
um, yeah, because I know that I say Graydon. Okay, yeah. So I'm going Graydon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was she was in the first. No, she was in the second season of Love Island. Yes, 2016. 2016 on yeah. Mallorca. Yep. She's a 30 year old. At the time of airing. Of airing, yes. Thirty. So in 2016, 30 year old model and digital marketing something or other ex. Um, a digital marketing manager uh, and model is how she introduces herself. Yes, and um, ex-Miss Britain. She was originally Miss Newcastle and then after that she became Miss Great Britain in, I think, the year 2009. All right, and then I'm quickly pulling up the second one, which is Mike Thalassidis, isn't it? Yes. He was um, in the next season. Uh, oh, was he? It was one just the next one. He was in the third season, yeah. Mm. He was originally a footballer. Um, oh, will you email me the... I didn't email it to myself. Will you email it to me? Then yeah. I'll have it on my phone. Oh, I've just found out he left a notebook at the scene of his death. <coughs> so he, he was in the third season. Yeah, he was a participant in the... He was like a contestant. Um, he was 26 year old, years old when he killed himself. So I guess he was like early 20s when he was on the show mm. in 2017. Mm. Um uh, it was not nine months. So, so Sophie Graydon um, died in June two thousand and eighteen, and nine months later, he committed suicide. In June, so she in died June two thousand nineteen. Did you say eighteen? Eighteen, and and he? I think he died nine months later, so early two thousand and nineteen. Right. Okay. And toxicology results showed there was cocaine, ethanol. Yeah, it's al- alcohol for our listeners. That's alcohol. <laughs> Uh, antidepressants. Mm-hmm. This is Sophie Graydon or him? Him. That's interesting. And paracetamol. Same in her? Same in her. She was on sertraline. Um, apparently was prescribed sertraline, which is a common antidepressant, a common mm. SSRI. Also known as Zoloft in this country. That's right. Know. Yeah. Prior to going on the show, during the show, and it was also found in her toxicology report upon death. Right. As well as cocaine and alcohol. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, uh, so that's him, footballer, contestant third season. Both bit, hanged themselves. A bit younger. He hanged himself. Mm-hmm. In a park. She hanged herself at her parents' home. I'm glad that you're using the proper conjugation of the... Um, Thank you so much. Of the, <laughs> the word hang. Um, and uh, then the last one to kill themselves, the one that... Sparked the idea for the podcast is Carolyn Flack, who was actually the host from the first season. Um, f- mm, great question. I mean, we know um, having just prior to pressing play on this recording, watched the first episode of the second season of Sophie Graydon's season, 2016, that indeed Caroline Flack was the host. Whether or not she was the initial original host of season one in 2015, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and she rose to great fame because of it. I think she became a real sweetheart of of UK television. She went on to win Dancing with the Stars. I think you know she she found fame through Love Island hosting. Right. Did you just find that out? Because I was I was wondering before who um, who Caroline Flack is. Yeah, who was. Caroline Flack is and was before she was hosting the show. Well, that wasn't before. 
I don't know how much of a career she had before she landed that position. Right. But she certainly became a household name from Love Island. Yeah. Um, do you know what I just found out? And I don't know if I should like save it for later, but I feel like I just want to blurt it out mm. now. So um, remember, we've while we're watching the first episode just now, um, we were starting sort of our case file on Sophie Graden because we're going to like compile a case and try and like produce. We should we should produce a patient history mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. the end of this and like without access to any of the relevant with information, nothing, <laughs> just based on absolute yeah. fluff. But let's do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I remember is that. Um, she said that she was into rugby player types mm. and that she dated a man named Danny Cipriani. Yes. I just Googled um, Carolyn Flack because I was also interested. What did she do before um, she was host? She went out with Danny Cipriani and he's just posted an hour ago <gasps> a YouTube. <gasps> so, wait, both, two of his ex-girlfriends have killed themselves, have killed themselves and both of them were involved with Love Island. Okay, so who dated who first? Carolyn, this is in The Sun. Carolyn Flack's ex, Danny Cipriani, shares their last messages and says CPS and police. I don't know what CPS is in Britain. Child Protection Services. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's my guess. Did she have kids? Not that I know of. Mm. I don't think so. Anyway... This wasn't her boyfriend at the time of death, though, was it? He's an ex. He's an ex, yeah. yeah. Um, but she, he, uh, he says CPS and police didn't do a good job on her case. Okay, Carolyn Flack's ex, Danny Cipriani, has shared his last messages with the tragic star and said the CPS and police didn't do a good job. The rugby star says he has been grieving hard since Carolyn took her own life ahead of her assault trial. Uh, well, that's the other thing and we, we say is that, that yeah, yeah, she was um, at the time of death was being charges were putting up being put up against her um, for having assaulted her boyfriend, her current boyfriend at the time. He didn't want to press charges, but the charges were being pressed by the cops. Pressed by the cops, nonetheless, yeah. and she was apparently deeply troubled by this, uh, the impacts of this going public. Mm. of what it would do for her reputation. Mm-hmm. They were still together at the time. This mm-hmm. is a complex issue that we've we've not fully unpacked yeah. and we, we will. We'll have to look into it all When properly, we yeah. focus on Caroline Flack specifically. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that is that is seems to be from having a cursory look at the media coverage, the precipitating factor that yeah. has led to her suicide. And she was fired from Love Island. I mean, that's... Because so, see, I haven't been able to find anything on that, but I haven't looked into it. Well, so the deeply. the thing I think is telling there is that she stood down from her position, mm. and there was when she stood down. The first tweet was not from her; it was from Love Island production team, and they said Carolyn Flack has st- stood down in light of her whatever. And we'll find that eventually we can find that that initial mm-hmm. tweet. But the very first statement was by the production mm-hmm, team, mm-hmm. and it just seems as if it, you know that one mm-hmm. of those backroom thingos, you stand down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. so well, yeah, she's essentially been face. she's essentially been fired. Yes. So her being fired from Love Island, I don't know if that cracks anything more particular than just being fired from a job, but I guess it's very public. Yeah. 
But that, that, anyway, let's just go back to what Danny Cipriani is saying to the son. Yeah. He's shared his texts with Carolyn Flack. And I, I mean, I suppose this is relevant for, relevant for us now. We're focusing on Sophie Grade and we will eventually in due course be focusing on, on both Mike Thalassides and Caroline Flack, but this is relevant for Sophie Graydon's mm. case. Okay, so here's the text messages. This is from Danny. Mm-hmm. Hello, smiley face. Then something's blacked out, so he probably said something indecent there. And then he said, well, it says blacked out. Mm. And then he says, I'm okay. How are you? She says, ha ha, you look gorgeous in your pick. I'm well. So this is her saying it. Mm -hmm. I'm well, navigating my way through an industry which has never suited me, but I'm still being great. Mm. Oh, no, I've got it all fucked up. (laughs) Completely reversed. We're going to edit this out because we're not discussing Caroline Flack yet. Okay, but we're not editing it out (laughs) because it's still interesting. Okay, so she's texted him first and said hi. Blacked out, something's blacked out there. Yeah, and then said, I'm okay, how are you? And he said, you look gorgeous in your pick. Mm. He's the one here who's saying, I'm navigating my way through Mm. an industry which has never suited me. I don't know what that is. Sports industry? I guess it's not about Danny, but maybe he (laughs) Now we need to know more. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this Danny? He's in some media... Offshoot of his like post rugby career or something like that. Let's presume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's presume. And He's he also said, on Dancing with the Stars. Is he? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and then he says, Why are you just okay? I want you smiling. Oh, sweet. And then she says, the Words of an abuser. <laughs> and she says, Well, got court case coming up. Oh, <laughs> got milk? <laughs> Uh, Got court case coming wait, up. Wait, is mean, that? Really, I think that's all he's <laughs> fucking. That's that's all he's <laughs> that's all he's shared. <laughs> no, did the, he the, say that? The the whole, she said that. She said, "Well, yeah. Gore goes up." But it, this whole article is predicated on the idea that he <laughs> shared texts with the son, and that's all. And it was. that's all he's. Said. He probably never responded to that. Text and also he was like, "Why just okay? I want you smiling," as if he didn't know that she was being dragged across hot coals. True, true. And she's like, "Uh, you fucking idiot." Yeah, why just? You've okay? seen the Daily Mail, and she's like, "Well, I'm being done for domestic violence. I'm yeah, not so great." As you're right aware, now. Yeah. don't don't you work for the same <laughs> news media company? Why so sad? <laughs> So really, this is just a story of the Jokerification of Danny Cipriani, <laughs> okay, as, as he kills two women by the, suicide. This is wild news that both of these women have dated him in the past. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that he's the reason. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Should look at the evidence. Toxic men be out there. <laughs> Toxic men be fucking out there <laughs> playing rugby. True. He's a looker too. Is he? Show me. Um. I've only got this picture of him looking down, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, he looks frightening there. What's he looking at? But sexy frightening. Mm, Nah, he's in a Unabomber jumper. He looks like he's got smooth skin. He does. It's it's pasty, like he spends a lot of time in a dark room. Do you think he's on the retinols and the vitamin Cs? Probs. It's for another episode, Sammy. Okay, wait, just wait. It's for our retinols episode. (laughs) I'm just going to, in the absence of a separate producer, I'm just going to pull up some other pictures of Danny Cipriani. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Do you think that is a good-looking fellow? 
Is that him? There. It's all the same person. No. Not hot. N- no. Disagree. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks... Look at that. He looks like a so, rugby player. No, he's got... Yeah, he's got a face Fine there. features there. Yeah, he's got a face. He's not like a nugget head. I... I mean that 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 is he like is if there, you but you can't. You got to you got to look at all the photos in aggregate. You can't just take one shitty angle. I'm going to take that angle. <laughs> you're just and I'm going to go. You're, with I'm going to take that angle and say in the bin with you, <laughs> fuckhead. No, look. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. He's kind of not as thick as your average rugby player as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, his neck is the same width as his forehead. Well, okay, you can't ask too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got to use it. He uses his brain as a battering ram. Yeah. yeah. I think the the ball in this photo is going directly for his head and he doesn't look frightened at all. It looks more like it's leaving his hand. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, look, that's the Danny a, Cipriani not, digression. Yeah, and it's not a Danny Cipriani podcast, although it is interesting I mean, it's going to become one, seeing as he's killed two of them. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. You thought this was going to be about Love Island. He's the actual oh, story. Fuck, and how good. I've been looking for an opportunity to talk about rugby league. Okay. Union? Rugby union. Uh, oh, do I have to know the difference? I never can remember the difference. Um, is he hoity-toity? He's union. I'm. I think unions the hoity-toity mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Unions the um, private school one. The 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 Oxbridge one. Yeah. Whoa, he's played for the Melbourne Rebels. I've never heard of them. Interesting. We have an Australia connection. The Melbourne Rebels, formerly known as the Rabo Direct Melbourne Rebels, for sponsorship reasons, is an Australian professional rugby union team based in Melbourne, our hometown. Town, 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 town. Love, love, love mainland. You knew just what I was there for. You heard me saying a prayer for someone I really could care for. Um, what we thought, what we thought we would do was, um, retrospectively watch Sophie Graydon's, uh, season of Love Island. Who's Um, that? Sophie Graydon. She, um, she was a contestant on Love Island UK. Oh, I know her as Sophie Graydon. No, no, no. It's actually a Graydon. Right. Okay. Sorry. Um, that's okay. Um, and what we're going to do is, um, I suppose, record our podcast episodes roughly alongside watching this 2016 season. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll sort of, I suppose, be focusing on Sophie Graydon's eventual suicide and that season. Mm-hmm. And then later on with a plan to talk about... What's his name? Mike, Mike Thalassides season. But may, maybe if you say Thalassides, yeah. I'll say Thalassidus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Thalassides. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I feel like yours is easier, but I'll get used to it. Thalass. Th- well, that's because yours is incorrect, maybe. Thalassidus. 
I don't know. I think we need to ask somebody Greek. It's like Lassiter's. Is that where they used to... Was that the name of the no. cafe in Neighbours? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Our UK listeners will understand. <laughs> probably better than an Australian <laughs> Yeah, listener. exactly. I'm going to say Thalassidus is probably closer to a Greek pronunciation, but I also say that with no information. Oh, Thalassides. Thalassidus. Mm, I don't know now. Like well, it's not, uh, it's not, Panthalassa. It's not E-S, it's I-S at the end, isn't it? Thalassidus. If it was... Definitely D-E-S. Australian pronunciation would have Thalassides, like... Um, Archimedes. But Archimedes ends in an E. E-S. I don't know what that's a transliteration from in the Greek alphabet. Thalassidus, I think. You're right. Because it's not an E, yes. Well, do you want to take Thalassidus because it's right then? I'm happy to go with Thalassides. Thalassidus doesn't come naturally to me. But oh, yeah, I'll work on it. I'm going to work on it. Okay, good. All right. So... Should we should we start with a prof, more of a profile of Sophie Graden because I want one. Yeah. Like I want to know what more we know about her from um from the wiki. But we'll yeah. we can um we'll we'll develop our own case file as, as we go along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and as the season goes along, I suppose we'll also have time to research a little more. Although, look, I, I had a cursory glance at what the internet had to say about her and there was very little. Um I I <clears throat> haven't been able to find much on her early life pre Love Island. Oh shit, the wiki's very short. It's very short. Um Well, let's do that and then let's talk about what we learned from the first se- for the first episode yeah. about her. Yeah. Um and I guess everything else that could come up about like Love Island in general, we'll just Yeah. talk about that as we go. Yeah, and, and the sorts of things that might be framing our take yeah. on Love Island in general yeah. as our podcast travels along. I don't know if, if it's like if it's a mean question to say, what does that mean? Like for people who are listening, what does it mean to have mm. a psychoanalytic take? Mm. Well, for me, um, I suppose it does differentiate me to to the mainstream psychological movement and discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically it means that um, I acknowledge and in practice revere the unconscious maybe. Mm-hmm. The unconscious being a place where all of the perverse things you don't want to take ownership of actually proliferate. Mm. And, and that w- what is... Um, sort of within our awareness is maybe not what's of interest in the psychotherapeutic realm for me. Mm. What does it mean for you? Roughly the same. I Mm. think that, you know, I mean, I think the method of psychoanalysis is important for Mm. people to understand, which is that somebody sits or lies down and Mm. then just blabs whatever's on their mind Mm. without... Free association. Yeah, free association, without letting themselves censor it at all. Mm. So they just have to say whatever comes up. Mm. And when that condition is put in place, then people just say all the wildest shit. Mm. And um, sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. Mm. But the license to say all of that stuff lets the really true stuff happen. Mm. And when it happens, you find out that it's like messy and um, not particularly likable mm. or it is likable in as much as it's abject. Mm. And um, all of those things that a 
um, censored and professionalized form of psych discipline, like mm. psychology, mm. Um, the psychology straight up mm. without the twist, um, doesn't let happen. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, or it looks at its products and and stops there. Yeah, at its yeah. behaviors and its and its cognitions. Yeah, exactly. Mm. When those behaviors and cognitions are produced by the mm. same thing that's fucking people over in the first place, mm. I mean, so many people um, are c- come in because they're being fucked by the system in mm. one way or another. Because um, it's very hard for maybe a great majority of people to conform themselves to the way that the economy operates, Mm -hmm. to the way that certain pockets of culture operate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then often enough you go to a psychologist, one who practices CBT with an unquestioning mind or something like that, Mm. and they just are there to help you mould like Play-Doh into the very narrow defiles Mm. of um, the prevalent culture the, mm. the prevalent demands of, eco- of the economy. Which often leads to a prolif- proliferation of neuroses because they're being told implicitly that their thoughts are wrong. Yeah, yeah. Be- or exactly. that their behaviours are wrong. You come to the psychologist to be told you're wrong mm. and that you have to fix your mind mm. and then this is how you fix your mind and then you get your list, how do I fix, mm. and then you do it. And that lasts for a few days mm. or whatever. And then you go back to thinking, oh, well, it's just me. I'm pretty fucked. Mm. Uh, and that's psychoanalysis doesn't do that. Mm. It doesn't say you're fucked or you're not. Mm. It listens to you, mm. by which I mean a person actually listens mm. to you without judgment. Mm. And then you decide what it is that you d- deem to be good or bad. Mm. And you make a, d- a decision based on your own desire as to what to do next. And then you take responsibility for the gamble that that represents. Mm. I mean, the gamble should be more or less well-informed and being able to free associate gives you enough information to start making more informed gambles, Mm. more informed choices, we could say. Mm. Um, But that's not at all available in normal psychology. And I didn't think we were going to (laughs) be selling our profession like this. But... You know, I think we're both pretty um, vehement and like passionate about it. Yeah, passionate and about and it. unavoidably, this is the lens through which we watch Love Island. Not That's right. always. Uh, it's not always active, I suppose. I mean, we well, we, we're also just fans of Love Island, and we indulge in the trash and mm. and identify it with the trash from a non-analytic perspective as well. I want to go back to. What you like about Love Island? What what is the pleasure that you derive from watching Love Island? Um, I think Nathan. Okay, so we're talking this this season specifically yes. because the the listeners should know that that we have sort of cut our teeth on now a season of Australian Love Island. That's when we first started watching together properly. Yeah. I watched two thousand eighteen, the Australian. Uh, season yes, which I didn't. Then we watched two thousand and nineteen. It was great. Together. It was a very crazy season, yeah. and um, I guess nothing like good enough happened for us to devote a podcast to it. If one of them kills themselves, oh, that'd be just lovely. Oh, I hope. T- they tell do. me what but got you to watch the first episode and what meant you kept watching back then. Yes, um, my my ex was watching it, mm-hmm. and is she I, still with us? Uh, I haven't checked in for a while. Okay. 
but um, and, and so I watched a few episodes and I loved it. So mm. I wouldn't say I'm not going to excuse my love Mm-mm. of it just by saying that there was somebody in my Mm-mm. life who Mm-mm. liked it. Oh yeah, the missus liked it. I suppose I watched a couple. Yeah, of Yeah, no, episodes. I'm not excusing that, but that is how I got first exposed to it. Mm-hmm. But I used to when I was like late teenage, early university, yes. watch a show called Temptation Island. Yes. Do you remember that one? Yes, I was never a big fan, but I um, recall the premises that existing couples go on. No, there may be no. Okay, not. I did watch Temptation Island. That's what also. happens on Temptation no, Island, I, and then they bring in some rogue hotties. Yeah, no, I fucked to it test. I, I didn't. Their I watched that one sporadically. The one that I was actually dedicated to was called Paradise Island. That is not a show. Yes, it was a show. You can Google it. Is it British? No, it was American. Ugh. Here, I'll. I'll American I'll, reality I'll TV. That. That's the bottom of the barrel there. And what? And it was similar in premise. They had. Um, but, but it was more Kafka-esque than this one. This one is like Baudrillard, the spectacle. It's just like producing like a frothy, creamy version of what's already happening. Paradise Island was like... Bleak. Torture and bleak. They, they had like... I love um, the name. They had like, I don't know, maybe... Um, uh, maybe six men, six women to start with. And you had to couple up and coupling up, unlike Love Island, mm. the couple go to their own villa. Mm. There's no, there's no mm. um, like dormitory. There's nothing to, um, there's, there's no, no limit the place. It's political. Yeah. They've yeah. really just kept it domestic. Yeah. 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 It's just like reiterating mm. like normal relationships, mm. but like in this really terrifying way, because sometimes you didn't get to choose who you were sharing this private villa with much like on love island when the man makes the ultimate decision sure but at least there there's like other men and women in the room to protect you like even if they're observers yeah there's witnesses exactly Mm. (laughs) um but i don't i mean nothing like that i know of went that awry on paradise island surprisingly so it's just like a reenactment of like (laughs) feudal marriage scenarios (laughs) yes but the thing was that it had no beginning and end it went for like 60 weeks (laughs) yeah more than a year yeah it just kept going (laughs) and they kept bringing back people who'd been voted (laughs) off and so it was like um (laughs) if you're not in a couple you could be voted off but like 20 times they brought back somebody who'd been previously voted off as like a big reveal. Wow. And like when they didn't bring back somebody who'd been voted off, they brought back just like whoever else. Like <laughs> so they just bring in a new person <laughs> who was like tailored to fuck up some particular wow. relationship that had been lasting for a long time. And the thing is this couple and like so it was really like endless and Kafkaesque in that way. You never know how you're going to get out of it. You don't even know why you're there. Yeah. Is this about love? What the hell is you paradise? You might have this false, false escape, but then you're yeah. right back in it. Exactly. Yeah. Finally, I got yeah. voted off and then they're like, and you're back. <laughs> and it's like, I think they stu- they stood to win <laughs> some meagre tens of thousands of dollars yeah. prize. It was probably $10,000. <laughs> yeah. I got to remember, but we should look this up. Yeah. And... um. And in the end, this couple, <laughs> like just the least likable man and the mm, hottest chick, yes. but the one who didn't fuck. Yes, because it's American. Teamed up. 
I mean, she was not hottest by virtue of not fucking. It wasn't like she cut a, like a very. She, it wasn't like produ- she didn't produce like this virginal maiden type aspect. She was like also really cutthroat and mercenary. Yeah, but she just didn't put out. She just wasn't interested in sex or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like she was like um, Dorothy, Dorothy and, from yeah, The yeah, Wizard yeah. of Oz. Yeah, um, uh, they teamed up. And they were just like, no matter what happens, mm. we will never break up. Mm. And they didn't. And they won. Which is sort of the ethos of traditional marriage, really. Well, right. And that, <laughs> and so that's what got has got me so captivated in Love Island is at first it's interesting because I, I don't I you know, I like watching sexy men and women yes. do whatever. Yes. And some of them are sexy despite themselves, yes. despite their best efforts to look like fucking shit. <laughs> despite the men's best efforts to grow tits by injecting yeah. that many uh, like yeah. uncounteracted test um I mean I androgens. think you've got that I think you've got that the wrong way around. It, it despite your best efforts, you still find that attractive. Not despite their efforts of making themselves look ugly. I'm going to claim it's both. <laughs> I don't know about that, Sammy. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Sure, I'm, I guess the the cent- we like the to think that's of not that for st- us. The center of the statement is exactly right. Yeah. Despite their best efforts to make themselves unattractive to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have failed. They've sucked in. You're still hot to me. Would. <laughs> yeah. Let's take that no to a yes. <laughs> Uh, 100% do not have the ick. Yeah. We'll have to talk about As much about, as you want to. No, no, I want that ick. We have to talk about the Love Island terminology. Sense, yeah. so. I mean, of course we will. We've got, we've got plenty of time. So much time. We can't, all, we can't jam it all in here. But anyway, the point is, despite all of that, or because of all of that, um, you, I got That's hooked right. in in the yeah. beginning. And then the next little more, very slightly more intellectual elaboration on that is, well, wait a second. Well, first, one's first instinct or mine is, why would they call this Love Island? This has nothing to do with love. It's mm. just simply. This is when you watched your first season yeah. of Love Island. Yeah. yeah, it's just the simplest game. Mm. If somebody just did what came from what they did in Paradise Island, they would win. Why don't they just do that? You mean like a game playing strategy? Yeah, yeah. But the thing well, that, were the were the public voting on yes, Paradise Island? That's the thing. Okay. Paradise Island didn't have a public element. Oh, the and Love Island contestants were voting. The contestants were cho- making their own choices, mm-hmm. and then the last couple won. Like um, Big Brother, sometimes rarely would have a public element voting element, but usually it was the internal contestants voting on who should leave. Yeah, but every week in Big Brother they had some vote or another. Yeah, they? that's right because the contestants were voting on who should leave. No, I mean for the public. I seem to remember phoning in. Yeah, that's true. And then maybe that vote translated into like a shortlist or sometimes it was, yeah, you're right, you're right. But then they also... Big Brothers for another episode. Yeah, anyway. anyway. (laughs) I mean, that was my entry point as an aside. But the point is that, 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 yes, but then the fact that the public are actually there... Yeah. Which is also, the public is always there in love also. Every marriage is subjected to a public. Every affair is subjected to a public. Every 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 coupling oh, right, yeah. involves the, you know, e- at least internally, some representation of... The judgment of the other. The big other's judgment. Yes. The everybody else judgment. Yeah. And but they're not ultimately deciding whether you're in it or you're not. But in Love Island they are. You can give... you can, 
sometimes, mm. not always, but sometimes the public is asked to vote on whether a couple should break up or not or... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they oh, have direct yes. co- control in Love Island. Yes, that's right. But you're, But what you're saying is that that's unlike love. And I'm saying that that is like love not, and that's one of yeah. the things that captivated me. Yeah. If we're going back to your question. I mean, is, we all go back to our friends. We're like, what do we think of Exactly. Them? They do get a vote. Yeah. They do get a vote but they don't Parents get the ultimate choice. Parents and friends get a vote but not the ultimate choice. Not the ultimate sure. choice. Sure. Okay. That's a, bit, that's a bit different but I think the more we talk about it, the more we'll yeah. find out that it's actually closer to just yeah. the same anyway. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, wait a second, maybe this is just like a very easy to understand Model. I of think it's more complicated love. because you know when you go to your friends and you're like, "What do you think?" and they're like, "He's a fucking jerk. Get rid of him." And then you're like, "But you don't see him when it's just us two. And strangely enough, on Love Island, we do. We do see it. But we also don't. I mean, yeah, we don't, but we do because the producers and the editing and everything. Totally. Well, lot that's we another. Don't th- see. That's another thing that I want to talk about. Why I love Love Island so much compared to other reality TV shows is that the turnaround of filming and editing and being aired is so short. It's uniquely short. Mm. Unlike The Bachelor, unlike other... Oh, wait, is that, do they have a longer lead time on that? To- I mean, the the show is completely done before we see it. All right. In The Bachelor. Yeah. And Love Island is unique in that sense that... I mean, yeah, Love Island, contestants who enter later in the show have been watching the show. Exactly. And 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 viewers are love. voting yes. in real time yes. for what happens on the show. And so even if the producers and editors wanted to craft it, they, they could not possibly craft it as tightly as another hyper-produced show. True. And so I think that that's quite cool. Yes. And I think true. that's what makes it more entertaining is that but it's not so shiny. It's I think not their so task stylized. is simpler as well because they're yeah. just like in, in terms of what they're crafting. Yeah. They're just trying to make something as fucked as possible. Do you think? That's th- another issue. Okay. That we will talk about we in can, time. But let's tag that and come back to it. Because sometimes what I'm not What do the sure. editors and the producers yeah, want? exactly. Okay. But I mean, I, that, that's a big do, question Do you think I've me. answered your question why I like it? Um, well, you talked about your introduction to reality television and, yeah, then I suppose you talked about why you started watching 2018. Yeah, and that it's like yeah, looks good yeah. and is titillating. Yeah, you see, I don't know if I... And is also like this trick mirror of reality. Yeah, yeah, and I would agree with that, but I... I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm different to you or just maybe repressing that part of myself. But my interest in this sort of television show isn't so much about the the sort of the good lookingness because to me what these people look like is sort of alien. But therein lies its, its interest. So to me, me too. But the yeah. alien that they look like is like the one that you harbour inside. It's the extimate. Because to, of the To billboard. use a Lacanian term, then these extimate objects, mm. you, would want, you want to reject all of their narcissism. Mm. You want to reject mm. all of the ways that he's inflated his pecs, she's inflated her memories. Mm. They're both wearing like mm. the draggiest drags of femininity mm. and mm. masculinity. Mm. And it's so, it's so not how I project myself into the world, but that's not to say that I do that, um, you know, w- 
confidently, of course, I have this like shadow within me that is that I should look like this person. Yeah, like fucking Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, drilled into my eyes and mind every day from every angle. Mm. So like for me, Love Island isn't sinister and evil and to be rejected entirely. This is where the complexity for me comes from because I'm like Love Island is not creating this Mm. problem in society. It is simply just reflecting... It's sort of like an end game for me. Well, I think we should hold that one open and pass judgment at some stage because I don't know because that that brings me to the question I wanted to ask in return, which is like, and let me let me go on with it. But why do you think the suicide angle is the angle by which we should approach Love Island? Mm. And I mean that also taps into the other little question, which is, sure, Love Island is somewhat a reflecting pool for society. Yeah. But is there also something uniquely toxic about it? Yeah. Or something, if not uniquely toxic, no. something particularly toxic about no. it? No. And, and I think, and my opinion might change as we go along in time and we talk and we think, but to me it's not. It's not particularly unique because Love Island didn't create suicide. <laughs> yeah. And suicide is a part of our society Love Island just happens to have a portion of that suicidality, but I think it's a product of something that exists outside of before mm. Love Island. Like, so I I'm probably like, agree with you, and I mean, maybe if we look at like statistics, then three suicides for the number of people who've been associated with Love Island is like normal or whatever, right? But I think I'm still interested in thinking about. Love Island as a cause. Not because it is the cause, but I just think that my interest is in like Yeah. As as something to discuss, my in my my interest, the thing I want to indulge is, okay, how did Love Island do this? <laughs> yeah. I know that it didn't. Or at least I kind of know that it didn't. Yeah. But I still think there is some pressures particular to television. Yeah. Or particular to Correct. a reality TV show that concerns itself not with rugby, <laughs> not with cooking, not with dancing, but with not the with act singing. of love. Yes, that is like close to the obliteration of the subject. Yes, yes, close to um, bringing to the fore all of these problems that exist in our society, but rapidly and. Um, in a sort of magnified way. Yeah, but because it's already at love, yeah, the topic is already the person. Where do people? Where does one merge with another? Yeah. What are the edges of my identity? Yes, but and even before that merging, these people are famous not for any skill, not for any other part of their person. No, some of them have skills, but they are famous for like that is. What they're fa- like, there is there is no other talent, there is no other pastime, there is no other profession. No, one of them is a PR manager. The yeah, other not, one, but they're not on the show the other doing one is PR. A chef. No, no, I understand that, but they're not on the show being. But a chef. many of them are models. But 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 that, <laughs> I mean, and they are on the show doing that. So so that that is the one profession <laughs> that I think is akin to what this show is doing. The prop the profession so, proper to Love Island so is modelling. Is modelling, and so this idea of like <clears throat> when you're trolled online for being on Love Island, it's not that you're being trolled for being a bad chef or that you're being bad at singing. You are being bad at being a human being. 
Yeah, or being bad at your chosen profession, which is modelling. Which is looking good. Yeah. Or be, being a celebrity, literally, and like that being the entire sentence, and you're bad at that. I mean, so this is why they're, they're the fragility. Wait, can you be bad at being a celebrity? Like as in, can criticism no. make you bad at being – because the more criticism no. you're receiving, the better you're being at being That's That's right. That's why I think this prominent. question of culpability and like who is a victim here is really complex because – they literally signed up to be celebrity for celebrity's sake. Uh, but can you consent to like I mean Exactly. You don't know. I it's don't know. So it's so I don't know. It's so um unwieldy and unpredictable exactly. what's gonna happen in such a situation. All right. Okay. But so, uh, but for me, like, I don't know, Love Island Yeah, it brings up all these questions of to me it's like bring that shit into the public view okay but so then so you don't think um it's uh i don't think it's causative particularly causative no so then but that still leaves my question unanswered which is why do you think suicide is the right angle for us to approach love island from mm. you want me to justify our podcast now on the podcast nah just <laughs> just give us a give us a thing because when I watch Love Island, I'm I'm sort of in this double consciousness of feeling lighthearted about it and also feeling something deeply meaningful, sinister mm. um, that is there mm. in my mind when I'm watching it. There in the mind. And <laughs> and the fact that <clears throat> I think it I think there in the mind. my interest in Love Island it's broad popularity, what the show is, says something about our society and these, uh, and these suicides bring that into relief for me. W- what, is this sin- what is this feeling that I have that's something mm, sinister okay. about it? Do you think it's because it's just like it ups the stakes? It's like, oh, this isn't something that's trivial and can be... Um, no, yeah, I think that, it, and can be ignored because it has the same stakes as the rest the of life, of which society. is mortality. Not, not even, not even. I think it's sort of like. Oh, but can we the, run with that though? We can because totally. But it's the death drive in our that society. That gets me off. So now it's like you both got yes. There's the death drive. It's the the fact that there's suicide on there means that you've both got the. The pleasure principle and the death drive in the mix. Yeah. Whereas if it was merely yeah. Love Island, as enjoyable as it is to watch, sex and death. <laughs> yeah, but then why are we going to we can get yeah. David Walsh on to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah, collection yeah, yeah, at yeah. Mona? But listen, okay, I think that if I mean, okay, from my very, you know, my mindset, mm. my outlook is, I suppose, I'm critical of the culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe our listeners are. Maybe you are too. I'm pretty sure you are. That's why we're doing no. this. Swallow no. <laughs> it wholeheartedly. I love so, it. I don't so feel like an outsider or alienated yeah. at all. Right. Okay. So we're outsiders. We're alienated. Yet it churns you along. You might be. <laughs> I am doing fine. <laughs> I found my place. This suits me just fine. Yeah. I neither think, of us wants to die. Um. Yeah, I don't know if ever anyone does. And that's another thing in me. I think I'm separate from this culture and yet I have a like oh, a craving for fame. I was being fame. sarcastic. Yeah, me too. Ready um, to jump. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think that if one's critical of, of this society, of this economic system, 
of how subjects are formed and act now in the world and have always. I think for me Love Island is a sort of morbid accelerationism. Like it brings it to the fore and let's fucking bring this brokenness to the fore. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why I like it. Yes. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And and there so I'm I'm reveling in the misfortune or the the porn the the, the sort of like porn positioning of these people mm-hmm. as as players and and that's maybe cynical and dark of me but there is something that's like yeah because you're lo- exploiting them the way that they're being offered for exploitation and also that the, the like the the public is sort of eating it up and sort of hating and loving it at the same time and I'm like well look at it look at yeah and this. it's placed as camp but it's scarcely camp but it's also not because of these suicides yes. the suicides is what changes the 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 sort of dialogue around no, it. No, but camp is always close to the grotesque. Like yeah. it's close to death also. I mean, tragedy and farce yeah. are, I think are not that not, – there's not a totally. sharp distinction. The, uh, yeah. I, part of me wanted to call it first as tragedy, then as farce, maybe <laughs> just then as farce. Like it's like a – you know, it's relevant. Hey, listen, it's already – we've already inked it in. Yeah. It's love mainland. Yeah. <laughs> to the patent office. <laughs> But when 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 critics are like, this show needs to get off the air, this is doing terrible things for young women, it's doing terrible things for society. Look, we've had these suicides, it needs to it needs to be axed right now, we can't watch this shit. Well, I think that that's fucking delusional. And Yeah, that's right. All they're saying is we can't watch ourselves we can't on television. Watch ourselves on television. Yes. And Get this off. We shouldn't be on TV. Don't make don't <laughs> TV make me look is the place for shit. illusions. Yes, exactly. Don't not make for me radical anti illusions. Exactly. Not for a representation of something that uh, we are. is too bald, yeah. too true yes. to what we are. And, Absolutely, and therefore too painful. Yes. Yeah. And, and and might trigger some sort of radical or revolutionary idea in their mind. They can't possibly go there, so they have to look away. Right. It's the Trump of television. Yes. It's yes. the Nadir, it I suppose. Yes, that's right. It's like, oh, we've been going along with all these people keeping decorum. Yes. Maintaining a suspension of disbelief. Yes. We watch fiction. Yes. We don't watch reality. Being beautiful and happy. Not being beautiful and suicidal. Yes, but I think even without the suicide, it's dangerous. Yes. Yeah. But yes, but it's the suicide that then alerts like this the, is too much. The gatekeepers of the dominant discourse, Take this exactly. Off. Yeah. And then what's and then what is the outcome of it? And I don't know if this is an emancipatory or a much more dreadful outcome. Is that they give every contestant now that they're going to offer eight sessions I of know, psychotherapy. Right? I mean, this is the CVT. Yeah, of, and it's not going to be real psychotherapy. I, I exactly. It's going to be the – but that's why I'm saying I don't know if that's good or bad because you and I are now inadvertently or advertently making a case that there's something in the acceleration of itism of it that is – has an emancipatory potential, which yes, is that it can bring to light what's previously been made covert. And Correct. 
now I don't know whether because I was originally like that's fucking bastardization. Like, how can they sub- not only subject these people to being love- on Love Island, but then subject them also to eight sessions? Are of they psychotherapy. subjected to being on it? A hundred, a hundred thousand applicants this year. Okay, well, well let's talk about people's yeah. like autonomy and all yeah. that stuff in later episodes. But sure, it's Again, one. This it's, is the question of culpability. Is yes. complex. Sure, but I'm going to say that, like, the capitalists are culpable. Correct. I mean... The- but are there individuals themselves that are... I mean, yes. <laughs> I don't know, because... Yeah, you know, and they'd be up against the wall if I had any Because the Kappa pigs wrote the laws as well, and culpability is always a question of legality, and yes. so I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, the good guys in my mind are uh, the individuals and the, the little guys mm. and the bad guys in my mind are the ones who make money off their exploitation. So the, these but, the contestants are pawns. Yes. I'm not going to take away all of their agency. I'm not mm. going to say that they don't have responsibility and they don't have mm. responsibility for themselves. But in as much as the whole thing is a cultural product and we're buying into mm. the cultural product and then I would say the interesting question is did the cultural product kill them or mm. turn them into compost or whatever, mm. then... It's the production is is at fault. Mm. I'm going to start from that. I'm mm. gonna, I'm willing to be like convinced otherwise, and and I'm also and even I'm also just willing to say that's my position. Put it aside. Yes. Now let's look at the responsibility yes. that each individual should yes. take. Yes, because because for me, I think like the, it, this is a question of coercion and conscious and unconscious coercion. Yes, even if they went into it somewhat exactly. knowingly, even if they're craven narcissists even scrambling if scrambling for that cheap fame exactly even yeah. if they're just in it for the followers whatever they're mm. still victims but also let's look at the way in which they're not victims i'm happy to do that too yeah yeah i i, I think they are both and it's really difficult and i think this is if there's if there's one thing about love island that keeps me up at night it is this question of culpability and agency not having a mares over <laughs> rykard <laughs> <laughs> He was hot. I, he, he was really hot. We'll introduce the listeners to him next. Yeah, He's if he wasn't one so of the contestants stupid. from the first episode of season two of UK Love Island. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get into He's we'll get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, doesn't he? He's yeah. got a big old dick. Yeah, he jumped in the pool in his bonds. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's an hour. I think. I mean, should we just start next week by talking more mm. about Sophie and the first episode mm. of season two? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Okay, great. We'll see you then. See you then.